0: From Mark chapter 1. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven You are my Son, the Beloved, with you I am well pleased. And the Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. Jesus was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent, and believe in the good news. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace to you, O Christ. I invite you to be seated. Yesterday, I slept in until almost noon. I can't remember the last time I slept in that late. Even when I had a really bad stomach bug a few months ago, I still got up before 11 a.m., even if it meant going back to sleep at 1. And sure, baby Hadley woke us up a few times Friday night, but that's not totally uncommon for us. There are times where on a day off, I'll sleep in a little bit to make up for some of the lost sleep of having an infant in the home, but not waking up until Greg is literally making lunch is totally out of the ordinary for me. And as I finally began my day yesterday, midway through, I realized that part of my exhaustion wasn't physical, but emotional. This last week has been emotionally exhausting for me, and I don't know about you, but after Wednesday's shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, I am feeling extra tired. I know you are too. Wednesday night, I came home after a long and wonderful day of observing Ash Wednesday, finally able to sit down and really read the news. And honestly, I was filled with tears and heartache for those students, teachers, and families. I found myself praying, lifting up my heart and soul to God, begging for some comfort and peace. And knowing that it takes more than prayers, I wondered how I might be part of God's justice, how might God's way might lead us to action. And finally, after I couldn't cry any more tears, I prayed for God to help me to sleep. Thursdays, the news was hard to ignore. Every time I got into my car, I heard the soundtrack coming from videos taken by students. My feed was filled with new information about those victims, about the shooter, about all the politics that once again reminded me that we don't seem any closer to preventing these tragedies. I prayed for God to guide us to action. I asked God to show us the way, and I ended up not going to a meeting I was planning to attend Thursday night. Instead, I spent my time with my husband and my daughter, trying to get some rest, trying to fill up on their love and on the joy that only a 10-month-old can share.
1: On Friday,
0: I got a text from Greg that R.A. Long was on lockdown. Had I heard anything? Was there any news? I knew that Greg was sitting in his classroom with his students, and I was frantically Googling the school, trying to remain calm. I texted Greg that I loved him, and I prayed. I prayed that it was nothing. I prayed that it was just another copycat threat like was occurring all over the country Thursday and Friday. I prayed that it was like the handful of lockdowns I had experienced as a young student myself. In middle school, I remember sitting under my desk in the dark, not knowing what was happening, feeling worried and scared, and then the relief that comes with the notice that everything is all clear. I prayed that God would be there with Greg, with the teachers, and with all those students, that whatever was happening, God be there, and I prayed for God to be with me as I waited for another text message to come through. And Greg eventually texted me that he got that notice that whatever it was had been contained, and although they were still on lockdown, they were safe. And there was that relief I was waiting for, and I suddenly knew that that relief that I felt was relief that so many students and families in Parkland, Florida, never received on Wednesday. And my heart ached again for all that loss. And so how do we speak to our exhaustion and our heartache? Today, with words of promise and temptation, of hope, Because this is the first Sunday of the season of Lent in our church. We begin this season of 40 days with Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness. In our reading from Mark, the entire 40 days is covered in one verse. Jesus was in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts and the angels waited on him. That's it. That's all the Gospel of Mark tells us. Other Gospels tell us about the temptations more specifically, about Jesus' exhaustion and hunger in the wilderness, about Satan offering Jesus the entire world. But here, we know that he was tempted, that he was with wild beasts, and that angels were serving him. And I think right now, we are in our own wilderness. The wilderness of shock and heartbreak in the face of violence in our world, And I wonder if our experience in the wilderness is anything like the one that Jesus experienced. I don't know if you have seen it. I hope you haven't. There is a meme circulating on Facebook with a little photo that says, Dear God, why do you let school shootings happen? And the response is, Well, I'm not allowed in schools. Signed, God. It's really gross. Seeing that this week made my heart drop. I couldn't understand how anyone could think that that was an acceptable belief about God, about God's action in our world, or about our ability to impede God somehow. My only reaction was one of those little green emojis that makes you feel sick. Gross. But I think in times of fear and sorrow, we are tempted to explain away the brokenness We are tempted to claim power or knowledge or righteousness in search of our own comfort. We are tempted to avoid the pain we're feeling or the pain of others because it's hard. Witnessing suffering in our world is hard. But as Peter reminds us, Jesus also suffered. Christ knows this pain because Jesus suffered this pain and Jesus suffers in this heartbreak with us. In that wilderness, Jesus did not fall into the temptations to comfort himself with any power or knowledge or righteousness that didn't belong to God. And as we experience this wilderness of violence and heartbreak, we ask God to lead us not into temptation in our prayers. Instead, we remind God that God has made some pretty big promises to us and to the entire earth, and we believe that God keeps God's promises. I wonder if the reason we don't hear more about the wild beasts that were there with Jesus in that wilderness is because those beasts, even being dangerous and wild, are still part of God's promises. God's promises to Noah in our reading from Genesis, this promise is for all existence, for all flesh, that never again would God hurt or cause destruction because of his pain or anger. And the bow, the rainbow that God puts into the sky is not just a sign for Noah and it's not just a sign for humans, but God makes this promise to all of creation. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between you and me and every living creature that is with you for all future generations, forever. An everlasting covenant, an everlasting promise. To the wild beasts that surround Jesus in the wilderness and to us when we witness wilderness in our lives and in our world. This timeless promise is the promise that God's compassion and love are everlasting. So that when we lift our prayers, we pray that God guide us and strengthen us to act in our world. So that even in the wilderness of our world, our exhaustion, the pain and the heartbreak we feel, in all of this, we know that we are not alone. In the midst of temptation and wild beasts, Jesus was not alone. Angels, messengers of God were there with him, serving him, ministering to him, reminding him of God's compassion and love. So that with prayers and love, Jesus could take action. After those 40 days, even in the midst of the fear around John's arrest, Jesus comes to Galilee to proclaim the good news of God that God's kingdom has come near even if it's not obvious, even if you might not know what it looks like or how to find it, it's here. In the everlasting covenant, the timeless promises God makes to us, it's these promises of compassion and love. Our reading from Genesis tells us, tells you that God promises to never, ever forget you, to remember even in the midst of the brokenness and the downpour of pain in our world that the sun of God's love can shine just enough through any kind of rain, to make a rainbow. Our reading from Peter tells us, tells you, that God promises you in baptism that it's not your righteousness that saves you. It's not your power. It's not your knowledge. What saves us is Jesus. It's Jesus, this beloved Son of God who goes into the wilderness of our world, who faces temptation and sin, and who experiences all the suffering, temptation and sin and violence can place on a person. It's Jesus who takes all of this violence and brokenness to the cross in order to bring us to God, to make our unrighteous selves righteous, to bring us out of the brokenness and death in our world, and to make us alive in the Spirit. In our baptism, we are promised new life, we are promised eternal life in Jesus, so that in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our suffering in this world, we can know that our temptations to comfort ourselves with power or knowledge or self-righteousness are only distractions from God's presence in our prayers and in our lives. We know that in the midst of the fear of the dangers of our world, like the wild beasts surrounding Jesus, that God's promise of love and compassion is for us and for all creation. And in all of it, in that high school in Parkland, in my car, as I listened to the news, in my fear, as I read those text messages from Greg, God is there. Period. Whether it's angels or messengers of God, our prayers, the prayers of those around us, or just simply God's presence. God is there. We are never alone in the wildernesses in our lives. And it's this promise, this everlasting covenant, that gives us the courage to pray and to do. That after his 40 days in the wilderness, Jesus went out and proclaimed that good news. He served those he met, ministering with healing, with comfort, and with a call to change and to take action around him. Jesus shared God's promises of love and compassion, of presence and hope, of good news. The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God has come near. Thanks be to God. Amen.